From the Florida Bar Studios in Tallahassee, this is Florida Bar News Briefs. I'm Mark Killian. The Florida legislature has passed and the governor has already signed sweeping litigation reforms proponents say will combat lawsuit abuse, rebalance the justice system, and rein in, quote, billboard lawyers. Palm Coast Republican Senator Travis Hudson says the measure specifies the admissibility of evidence in personal injury and wrongful death cases so the juries will get an accurate picture of medical damages, sets clear guidelines for insurance companies, claimants, and insureds in third-party claims cases in order to reduce third-party bad faith incidents in lawsuits, and changes Florida from a pure to a modified comparative negligence standard jurisdiction. That means the plaintiff found more than 50% at fault would be denied damages or defended who's found only 49% at fault would pay nothing. Medical malpractice cases are exempted from the modified standards. The bill also repeals Florida's fee-shifting statute in most cases that for decades has required insurers to pay policyholders attorney fees and costs if the court determines that the company unfairly denied or underpaid a claim. Another provision reduces the statute of limitations for negligence actions from four years to two. Hudson also says the bill requires multifamily apartment unit owners to regularly review and beef up their security for their premises in order to gain a presumption of non-negligence. Opponents say the bill weakens accountability for insurance companies and will push more cases into an already underfunded court system. Justice Ricky Polston last week notified Governor Ron DeSantis of his intentions to step down from the Florida Supreme Court effective March 31st. Rowan Pitar has more. Polston, 67, joined the Supreme Court in 2008 as its 83rd justice. He served as the state's 55th chief justice from 2012 to 2014. Polston's time as chief was marked by the national foreclosure crisis and the hundreds of thousands of additional court filings in the state that resulted. He also led vital technological initiatives, including the branch's transition to mandatory electronic filing. Polston says it's been a great honor to serve the people of Florida. Justice Polston is a graduate of Chipola College and Florida State University. He worked as a certified public accountant before returning to Florida State University College of Law. He then worked in private practice, primarily in commercial litigation. In 2001, he was appointed to the first district court of appeal, where he served until October 2008, when he left to join the Supreme Court. The Florida Supreme Court Judicial Nominating Commission is now accepting applications to fill Polston's seat. Those seeking a spot on the court have until April 3rd to complete complete their applications. Senator Joe Gruder's third attempt in at an alimony reform package cleared its first committee hurdle. Patrick Ferguson has been covering this legislation from the jump and says that this year's version has the strong support of the bar's family law section. That's right, Mark. Speaking on behalf of the section, Andrea Reid told the Senate Fiscal Policy Committee that Senate Bill 1416 has the full support of not only the section, but the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. The legislation would eliminate permanent alimony and replace it with durational alimony awarded for a set period based on the length of the marriage. The provisions in the bill are drawn from current laws already on the books. Gruder says this measure is a result of comprehensive negotiations between stakeholders that have taken place over the last year and a half. The bill was reported favorably by a 17-2 vote and will now head to its final stop in the Senate Rules Committee. Senate Bill 164, the measure by Senator Tina Polsky legalizing fentanyl testing strips, is now ready for the floor in the upper chamber following a unanimous vote in Senate Rules Committee. However, Patrick tells us that questions remain that could put the bill's passing in jeopardy. 
Mark Rules Committee Vice Chair Keith Perry, a Gainesville Republican, raised concerns that Polsky's bill would prohibit assessing quantities or percentages of drugs in the product. Polsky said that the language in the legislation was purposefully left vague to, quote, keep it open for any future technology. Perry voted for the bill in committee, but indicated that his yes vote isn't guaranteed moving forward. Perry said that he doesn't want drug dealers to have more tools legally in the state of Florida. Committee Chair Debbie Mayfield shared Perry's concerns, but put the bill on the rules schedule because because she, quote, weighed that against a life that could potentially be saved by decriminalizing the strips. That wasn't the only fentanyl-related bill making headway in the Senate last week, was it? No, it wasn't, Mark. Senate Bill 280, a measure filed by Lake Mary Republican Jason Broder, passed on an 11-to-1 vote in the Appropriations Committee on Civil and Criminal Justice. The legislation makes the penalty for providing fentanyl or heroin that leads to a first-time overdose a second-degree felony and the penalty for a second overdose a first-degree felony. An amendment was added to the bill by Spring Hill Republican Blaze Angolia, clarifying that those who seek medical assistance for an individual experience experiencing an alcohol or drug-related overdose are afforded good Samaritan law protections. The bill heads to its final committee stop in fiscal policy. For more on these stories and many more, visit floridabar.org news. For Patrick Ferguson, Roanne Bittar, and Clay Shaw behind the glass, I'm Mark Killian.